Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I am an exercise physiology and nutrition professor, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and I uh, run Strength Guild Live for Hope. Sweet. Hey, everybody, we have news. This week we've got um, a topic that was actually harder to do than I would have thought, but um, <laughs> <laughs> let's start with some news. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Um, one of the first things that came across my desk this past week, listen to this. This is from a website called Sense About Science. Um, chemicals in spray tan may increase the incidence of cancer, diabetes, obesity, and impair fertility. This is from 18 July 2013. Um, immediately, of course, I thought about bodybuilders who do this kind of stuff, and I don't know how much one type of spray tan differs from classic dioderm, you know, or the different things that bodybuilders will use. But it says the Daily Mail on 18th July 2013, there was a report on a recall of instant glow bronzing spray following reports of customers, customers serving respiratory issues, apparently. And the article goes on about a couple of things. It says uh, if girls, they assume it's girls using them, not just bodybuilders, um, their fertility may be affected. Many chemicals in fake tan are toxic to reproduction uh, or could harm a fetus. Apparently, there's some kind of there's a controversy in the European Environment Agency who said the chemicals in fake tan may, quote, be a contributing factor behind significant increases in cancers, diabetes, obesity, and failing fertility. Uh, so this was posted partly by a professor, Alan uh, Bubis, who's a toxicologist. So I had never heard anything about that, but how ironic is that? It's like any time we try to fool Mother Nature with food or anything else, you know, oh, well, we'll stay out of the sun. We'll use fake tan. Oops. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I realize that there's probably something bad there when you're dyeing yourself a different color. Yeah. Now, honestly, bodybuilders, I think, who do this for competition, they're not going to do it more than a couple times a year. You know? Yeah. Um, in fact, I always thought it was important to get a, a real tan on some level before you applied that stuff because I'd seen some very, very white dudes apply this stuff, and it never looks right. Whether it's a bronzer or anything, they'll turn orange or they'll look golden and not in a good way. Um you know, and even my Irish butt, it's not like I'm getting the savage chain of the island. <laughs> but I would I would get some color, and I would yeah. take quite a bit of time to do that, and do it as safely as I could, and then, you know, it's just interesting that the the artificial means is looks kind of scary. I think for, uh, especially for male lifters, a lot of this is about fetuses and women and whatnot, but the stuff about, um, you know, harmed fertility, I wonder what that means. Is yeah. that like is it an endocrine disruptors are going to hurt your testosterone levels? I don't know. So I'm just going to encourage people to go look look up more about that. I don't have a ton of information on it, but um, yeah, chemicals and spray tan looks a little scary. Never seen anything like that before. 
Um, and another piece of news I got, which is very unrelated, this is from University of Pittsburgh uh, School of Health Sciences. Um, it says, practice makes the brain's motor cortex more efficient, Pitt researchers say. This is August 4th, 2013, so very new stuff. Now, listeners, if you're not familiar with, for example, learning motor patterns and lifts and that sort of thing, there are very various places along the neural chain that this can happen, right? There's the motor cortex, which is sort of along the top of your head between your ears where you might wear old school headphones, you know, and then there's spinal reflex types of things and inhibition and, you know, different um, pathways, descending pathways down the spine. And then there's the site of the neuromuscular junction. There's the muscle itself. So this is actually looking hardcore at the very beginnings uh, of the movement right there in your motor cortex, Let's see here. It says, not only does practice make perfect, it also makes more efficient generation of neuronal activity in the primary motor cortex. And, of course, like I just said, that's where you initiate movement. Um, there were some recent fun findings published in today's Nature Neuroscience. Uh, and, again, today meaning early August, according to this article. It showed that practice leads to decreased metabolic activity for internally generated movements, but not so much for visually guided motor tasks. Uh, and it also suggests the motor cortex is indeed plastic, or, you know, um, adaptable, and a potential site for the storage of motor skills. And this is something that Phil and I were talking about before we hit record, but um, there's an old coaching phrase, and I think I heard it in martial arts settings, which is, when you're under stress, you revert to your training. In other yeah. words, you almost are relying on these stored uh, patterns. And I think it's particularly interesting with this because they're saying that um, they, they've done some research with monkeys. Uh, again, this is all sort of uh, brain imaging kind of testing, but uh, m not as true with the visually guided tasks, but there is at least something modest going on with internally generated tasks. And if I'm reading that right, that would suggest, for example, if a baseball is coming at you, that's got to be visually guided. But something like a squat that's not in front of a mirror like we've talked about recently, that would be an internally generated task. And it looks like that you can actually store a fair amount of information because you, you don't have to spend as much nervous system activity there in your motor cortex in your brain, you know, to make it happen. So practice makes perfect, I guess. They're just imaging studies supporting that, right? right. Well, that's a lot of, you know, what we talk about when I'm training lifters, it's, you know, we hammer form so hard in in the gym in training, and then not so much in the meet. Then okay, we're just relying on what we did practice. Now just go do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a quote no. here that says almost just that. I mean, prior imaging studies have shown that markers of synapse activity, uh, meaning the input signals to neurons, decrease in the primary motor cortex as repeated actions become routine, and the individual develops expertise in a motor skill. And it's obviously you're not going to have to think about it quite as much, you know, but it's cool that they can actually see, I guess, in your brain someone who's very yeah. developed. Like there, there's a mention in here of um, professional pianists. Like uh, mm -hmm. apparently the hand area of the motor cortex is known to be larger in professional pianists compared to amateur ones. So it'd be cool. I'm automatically thinking about lifters, you know, like what parts yeah. of the motor cortex would actually be more developed or more metabolically yes. efficient because you spent a thousand squat sessions, let's say, or deadlift sessions, yes. you know, and it's just, it's just so automatic. 
No, it's interesting stuff. I mean, it probably goes also goes back that whole I, I forget the numbers exactly, but like it takes a thousand reps to learn th- something, it takes ten thousand to unlearn bad form or whatnot. Um, right. You know, it's, you've actually laid down some information there. You're having to erase it and change it. Um, right. I think what you're saying is the next logical step, which is how many repetitions, how many sessions yeah. to get this sort of um, efficiency, efficiency and pre-storage thing going on yeah. as far as the information. Yeah. Uh, did you have some news? Yeah, just a, just a couple things. It's the uh, the whole bigorexia thing came, came around again on CBS, and uh, there's just some tidbits in there that I thought were pretty pretty crazy to hear. It's a, um, one researcher, Dr. Michelle Corrales from uh, the Alder School of Professional Psychology, says that up to 45% of men have fallen victim to bigorexia. And uh, in that, we see psychological abnormalities, including irritability, angry outbursts, and what we call roid rage. Um, Here we go. From, from suffering from uh, bigorexia. And uh, also see depression and mania. Um, at times, and it's just it's saying that it's become a real problem in today's society with men, and I, I don't see it. Did you say forty five percent of guys is what they're? Yeah, doing? and I mean, if anything, we talk about, and what I'm seeing now more is this: lots of guys getting smaller and smaller, and and digging <laughs> so, it. Yeah, yeah, and wearing skinny pants, and you know, so I I don't know where this is coming from, but yeah, she says up to forty five percent. Have fallen for it, and uh, you know she had a couple people come on that said that kind of suffered from this. And when they were thirteen to fourteen years old, they were all about the big shoulders. I'll probably get some flack for saying this, Uh, and this is me as someone who's lived it for a long time, not me as a professional because I haven't looked at the literature. But um, I think sometimes you get these bleeding heart people, and they just go too far on (laughs) size acceptance, or you know they start to become a little bit too. Whiny, uh, I don't know, or overly compassionate. If you could be, I'm not saying it's not a problem, but it almost becomes exaggerated to such a point that it's almost like have you spent a lot of time actually, really time around some of these guys, like for example, who are lifters or somebody who might fall into that category? Because a lot of these guys, I'll give you an example. Like I had a friend in high school, and he would go to buffets. Uh, he was a state champion wrestler. He'd go to buffets, chow down, and he'd throw up. He'd throw it up later. He was eating disordered, but he wasn't bulimic because he didn't meet the criteria, you know, yeah. multiple times a week, on and on. But the point is, no body image, anything. He's like, well, I just I can't have the calories right now. And as soon as the season was over, he was fine. And I yeah. think some of these same people would just be weeping and falling over this as a case study when, in fact... The guy doesn't have any emotional stress about it at all. He's so matter-of-fact, he doesn't care. And again, I'm yeah. not saying it's healthy. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> it was disordered eating of some type, um, yeah. you know, not otherwise specified. But he, he and, sure wasn't bigorexic, you know. Yeah, exactly. And from the numbers they're pushing here, I mean, 45%. I mean, that's got to be anybody that is just over average size. Well, <laughs> they're, that's they're a good counting, point. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a large percentage of people. So, um, you know, and they go and tell you how it's causing kidney failure and liver failure and this and that. And now, is she automatically like, oh. tying the body image distortion to anabolic steroid use? Is that... It, it, it's not... No, there's never a mention of it. But the only mention of it is what we call roid rage. 
Um, well, what I call roid rage is taking too much testosterone and getting angry. <laughs> yeah. So they're saying that it's a psychological abnormality that you get from being bigger exit um, is, is what they're claiming here. So uh, just to define this, uh, no amount of size is ever enough, right? That would be the, the general concept, right? The, yeah. Sort of the opposite of anorexia. They feel like they're always yeah. bigger than they are. The bigger exit yeah. male, presumably, or I don't know if... Presumably, females could experience that too. Would would seem would feel small no matter how big they get. No matter how big they get, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I think a little bit of that's healthy. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, a lo- you can be, you can have a certain level of dissatisfaction that doesn't necessarily become negative. It could be a motivator. Exactly. As long as it's not just uh, totally absorbing. Yeah. You know, where it's controlling your life. And yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, I don't think, I think there's something good about not being totally satisfied in what you do. You know, I mean, but uh. Yeah, as long as it's not absorbing you and, like, causing undue stress. Mm-hmm. But, no, you're right. Well, I, the, the average guy is not heavily built. So you're right. For 45% of men, that means there's a whole lot of guys out there who physically probably could use being bigger. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, the other bit of news I figured it'd be interesting to pull up. It's pretty controversial is that the old, uh, you, you've seen it all over the, the, social medias of Dave. Dave Hoff and his squad um, that was this past weekend. They had a meet up at York Barbell. Um, the IPA Westside Pro Open. And Dave went for a 12-10 um, which is a new 275 pound men's record and I think he totaled over 3,000. Oh my god. And it's, uh, you can kind of see from the even a lot of the big equipped lifters aren't coming and backing it. They're saying, yeah, Dave, you should step up and not take that lift. Um, I mean, for, for instance, the likes to dislikes on this video is 10 to negative 227. Ten people like it. Oh, um, it's, it's pretty obviously high and not like by a smidgen. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of big-name uh, lifters coming out and saying, you know, you, you, that's one of those things when that video comes out, you've got to turn it down. And it wasn't his fault during it. You know, it's it's the judge's fault because, you know, he can't see where he's at. And somebody called him up, and they gave him white light. Yeah, I was going to say, you mean forgiving him you white know. lights. Now, what would you do in that situation, Phil? If, if you had people saying, Phil, I don't think you got that, would you? It's No, if I saw if I saw myself in squat as high as that is, I'd have to turn it down, especially for a world record. Yeah. You just got to do it. it it's, it's It was bad. <laughs> I always think about what Fortress says about lying on your weights is like lying on your mama. <laughs> You know? Yeah, and nowadays you just can't do it. I mean, if we're in the day of, you know, everything is on YouTube five minutes later. So it, it's hard to get away with stuff. So it's like, yeah, you know, which is, it can be good, you know, but it keep, keeps people honest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, if, if it was, I wouldn't mind it if it was a 1,210-pound squat that wasn't a new world record ever, highest. Because it's now the new you know, most ever squatted by a 275-er, I think it has to be held to the highest of standards, you know. Right. Now, who uh, do we have? Was it Marty Gallagher was saying something about if it's gray area, it's a miss. Yes. I mean, just flat out. That's the man approach yeah. right there, you know. And that's why well, I agree, and this didn't reach gray area. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it wasn't even gray. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what I said. I mean, but there's a, you know, it's not putting Dave down either. Like I said, he's freaking strong. If you can put 1,210 pounds on your back and squat it high, Freaking strong, right? But yeah. you know, I mean, he came up with no problem. It's he, he, go back and do it again. 
you know, right. and go a few inches lower. But, well, to uh, be honest, I can't. Um, I w- I'm going to keep my mouth shut about a lot of that because I don't understand. When I watch some of these guys squat in full gear and everything these days, numbers yeah. like that, it just looks like they're bending forward a little bit at the hips to me. It doesn't look like a full-blown butt-to-the-floor kind of squat to me. Yeah. And, you know, so, like I said, I couldn't even tell what was a good squat and what wasn't practically, you know, yeah. so. Well, other than that, um, I think that's all I got for news wise. Still, that's huge numbers, like you said. My God, almost, I'd say 99.9% of guys couldn't, couldn't even walk out with that weight. Oh, hell no. They, yeah, they couldn't squat the inch it takes to get it off the, the left. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. And on their back. It'd be a stationary object. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be a really hard strain against an immovable object so um yeah well you know and again that brings up the discussion about how much are we really progressing you yeah. know and oh 1200 oh 1300 i mean it, it just keeps rolling in it and that's exactly what a lot of people said i mean they're like you know, okay well you know captain kirk did thousands for a double with without the suit and the wraps and the, you know right well, how much you know and he walked it out yeah. so and you know it's not salty and that is not old man get off my porch kind of stuff that's just listen if you're going to claim the lift, yeah. man up or woman up, as it were, you know, yeah. and go through a full range of motion where it's it's not up for debate. Yeah, exactly. And you're seeing it's interesting. You're seeing a, a bigger resurgence in in raw lifting and even single ply stuff. You're seeing less and less of the big multi ply. It's becoming out of favor a bit, I think. And I think it's because the the lifting populations get more uh, educated. Yeah. Well, and you can only go so far before you can't deny the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're going to go, what, quadruple ply, quintuple ply, bring in the forklift. Well, and Hop, he kind of, he's also the one that got busted for, they they found that he rolled up a knee wrap and stuck it inside his shirt on one of his bench presses Hmm. to shorten the range of motion. So it's his second time getting... You know, it's kind of turned down for something big. Oh, well, then it's not likely he's going to stand up yeah, yeah. And, so and just we'll decline see. it then. And it's it's bad that it came out. I think a lot of the to-do about it and why it's so big is he's a west side lifter. He, he lifts for west side under Louie. And, you know, it's kind of like, come on, guys, step up. You know, you guys are supposed to be the one of the top gems or the top power gym. Yeah, well, Louie's so opinionated. And I yeah. suppose he has a right to be on m- many levels, but... I'd be interesting to see what he has to say about all that. You know, is he, yep. is he backing this guy and saying, oh, the lift's the lift? Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. I'm always hearing in nutrition settings, like sports nutrition or, you know, when you talk about ergogenic aids and that sort of thing, oh, well, we keep pushing human performance higher and higher. And this is a good good example that maybe the performance wasn't higher and we got to stop saying that we're so much farther ahead when maybe we're really not. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I really don't think we'd... When you look, I, I don't think we're as far ahead as people said. I think we've made made strides. But, you know, I don't... You don't see people squatting a thousand raw every day. Yeah, you know? that's oh, right. If you're so far ahead, you would. You know, so... And you uh, know what? Just to, again, to reinforce, I'm not saying, oh, the old guys that we've... Some of these guys we've had on the show, they could do it, and these new guys can't do it. Not at all. With the increased no. popularity, I look for the new guys to inch forward, you know. Yes. But but it's going to be an inch forward kind of thing. Part of it's going to be better recruiting from the population, you know. As as it becomes more um, popular, you know, you can actually get people that are the real genetic freaks to step into some of those niches, you know, and and kick ass. Yeah. 
Um, some of it will be trainings. A little bit will be nutrition. But, yeah, I think we uh, maybe we're a little bit too easy on ourselves about how far we're really progressing. Yeah. You, know, just, you just have to be um, strong enough to be self-critical. You know? Yeah. So. No, I agree. I agree. So. All right, let's go to break, and then uh, we'll have some fun with the topic. Okay. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lonman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. This is Jim, owner of the longest locally owned gym in Winona, the Boardwalk, which I'm proud to say now has the most variety of cardiovascular machines. Our latest addition, four new lifetime ellipticals, easy on the joints, low impact on the knees, while getting a full body workout at our same unbelievable low prices. Get one year less than $17 per month. And want to keep your tan going all summer? Say you heard this ad and get 12 tans for only $29.95. Only at the boardwalk. Within a live sound system, we're not just a gym, we're an experience. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more. That's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everybody, we're back. It's Phil and Lonnie. And we're going to do the topic now, the topic of the day. 
uh, I mentioned it was harder to do than I thought. And when you ask yourself these questions, you might find it hard too. Maybe not everybody, but that is what are the top five sort of quote unquote desert island picks uh, or choices uh, that you would take with you if you knew you were going away for good? So anything regarding bodybuilding, powerlifting, progress, lifestyle, what have you, what are the five things you could not live without? Starting with the worst being number five. Oh, okay. The worst. Um, I'd bring a power rack. Oh, would you? Now, I was wondering about that because you're often talking about just a barbell on the floor sort of thing. Yeah, but I think I think the power act, then then I can do about anything. So, mm-hmm. oh, that's good. Um, for me, maybe the the silliest one on here for me was ibuprofen. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Because yeah. you know you're you can eat all the fish, get all the omega threes in the world, but it's not the same thing as six or eight hundred milligrams of ibuprofen. I'm hoping there's a white willow tree on our desert. Oh, there, there's your out. <laughs> yep, there's my out. Your loophole. <laughs> Gnawing on the bark. Phil's eating the tree yep. again. <laughs> that was my hope. Yeah, but, I, you know, it, when it comes to stuff like um, continuing to push on despite the – I just been a ball of injuries lately. It's really oh, frustrating, yeah. to be honest. Um, but, you know, that will literally make a workout possible that otherwise – Yeah, that was a good one. I, I should have thought of that. I hate to go right for the drugs. <laughs> it's over the counter. Come on, people. No, a, a, um, a rack is good. What else do you got? The next thing for me would be a good barbell, just like a, a, a good power bar. Yeah. So, I, I was similar. Uh, I cheated a little. I said an Olympic bar and 315 pounds. Ah, look at you. So you cheated, um, yeah. Well, I know that's a two-for-one deal, but because it often comes up, I think we've talked about this before, but from a – I think from just a muscle mass perspective, I'm not sure you really have to go much above 315. No, and that's what I had. 315 is my next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three plates is my next one. I think you got your bases covered. You know, right. With yeah. I mean, well, let's face it. I mean, if um, – I don't know. I just think most people aren't going to be doing routinely more than one or two sets with 20 reps with 315 in the squat, for example. <laughs> it's going to shut you down. <laughs> it's going to shut yeah. you down. Now, I don't know if I would put it all as, I think I might have to include some quarters in there and not make it all just, you know, six. No, yeah, I don't want to do, yeah. No, I agree. But, uh, Uh, you gotta, I mean, you gotta think, we're hoping, I mean, we're gonna be active on this island, I would imagine, so... You know, it's not like all we're going to be doing is training with 315. Well, see, I thought about that, too, because I I thought about food. Rocks and... Exactly, like, how... How much of a landscape do you have? How much of a, um, whether it's other people or whatever, you know, fish out of the ocean? Because you think about food, of course, but because food's part of the picture, but we're, I guess we're assuming that you can at least, you got fish and coconuts anyway, <laughs> you know, which is probably a better diet than what a lot of people have. Um, I also picked, um, and some people might laugh at how, how light these are, but a pair of 45-pound dumbbells. Because, I, you know, you can do some things with dumbbells that you can't with a barbell. Yeah. Um, I could probably live with just the Olympic bar and the weights, to be honest. But um, when it comes to things like curls or, you know, you want to do high rep flies, and I don't, honestly, I don't know how I would do flies because I didn't put a bench on my list. Maybe I'd just lay back over a rock. <laughs> I don't know. We can carve one out of a tree or something. 
but yeah, rather than just go super heavy all the time, you know, there are certain things that uh, you just can't. Sh- you know, you don't want to show off weight. You don't want showy stuff, but it's something that's just got utility. Whether it's, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fasten my dumbbells out of coconuts or something because I didn't put that down. So, <clears throat> what else you got? My next one, the fourth one, would be a dairy cow. Oh, you clever bastard. That is <laughs> reproducible. That's a green, uh, yep. renewable resource. Yep, I got a dairy cow. And then when it gets old and quits producing milk, we got a good dinner. That's right. When the machine breaks down, eat the machine. Yep. So, yep, that's, that's, that was my next I think that's better than mine. Mine was a 50-pound tub of whey. Ah, uh, yeah. And I know whey is arguably better than casein, which is what milk mostly is. But, you know... Even that research goes back and forth, and my 50 pounds would go away. I put dry because I didn't want it to get spoiled <laughs> on me in the in yeah. the heat, in the desert island heat. But. You wouldn't want to have RTDs for sure right. out there. for two. That's right. So, yeah, uh, I, I actually thought, well, fish oils aren't going to be critical because I can catch some fish out of the ocean. Hopefully they're species of fish. We'll if the, find if the cold water, I guess this would be on a cold island then. <laughs> yeah, well, we get some kind of current blowing some cold water through. There you go. Uh, but you know, I thought, and there will be, uh, and the fish would be protein if nothing else, you know, and you get some fiber and some calories from other stuff you could eat. But as far as a really high quality protein, that's that's one of the things we were just talking about advancements. I think that's one of the honest to god advancements. Is, I mean, a lot of guys who listen, you may not remember, but as early or as recently as the early '90s, um, I couldn't even find protein powders that were lactose free. I mean, except for soy, which sucked. I mean, it's like eating sawdust, and maybe even that's improved since then. I don't really seek yeah. soy because the research suggests it's inferior to the dairy proteins. But um, and now you can just get any variety of beautiful, you know, super filtered ion exchange whey and that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, and we didn't even have it. Didn't even have it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else? What else you got? My last one is my wife. Oh, more with the renewable. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's going to be safe for both of us because it's, you know, we're <laughs> after a while on a deserted island, I need something to snuggle against. And, Lonnie, I don't want to snuggle with you. <laughs> <laughs> or your your uh, cold 45-pound uh, plate is not going to cut it. Yeah, exactly. So. And, you know, if we're there long enough, we've got to, you know, we need to leave somebody behind, so we're going to have to reproduce and, you know, so somebody can keep the... The civilization yeah, going on. Survivalist. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mine was, uh, I just said a lifting belt because I've gotten uh-huh. to the point now that I can't, um, uh-huh. I, I don't even think I could put 315 on my back um, just from past injuries and stuff. I've I got to have some compression around my lower gut. And you know what, too? This is, this is cheating because it's going beyond the list, but maybe a book, too. You know, something like The Education of a Bodybuilder, Arnold's book. It's not a big book. Yeah. But it's a good story, and I know he didn't write it all, but that, or maybe the um, the Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding, or one of Bill Pearl's old books, like the uh, what was the name of his original books, the uh, Universe oh, books, um, uh, or he was good enough to give us some copies of uh, his most recent book, you know, sort of the history of strength throughout the ages. But some kind of book like that for inspiration would be good too, because if you if you took a anything short of a giant library of like metal CDs you'd 
rifle through them so fast. I don't know. And I know, like, you you like to hear the same stuff over and over, but um, yeah, with something like that. Or, you yeah. know what? Even if there was a TV around, <laughs> now we're really doing yeah. <laughs> well, if Exactly. There's... Well, we'll have to bring some... Uh, I almost put it down, too, hey, uh, like solar panels. You know, then I could have brought something electric with Yeah. Them, you know? Yeah, then you can bring out, like, the pumping iron, you know. Oh, yeah. um, there was an old... Uh, Tom Platts was featured in an Arnold. It was about Arnold's 1980 comeback. When I got it, it was called The Comeback uh, on VHS. Uh, not kidding, you know, like back in the 90s. Uh, I think it's on YouTube as a Total Rebuild. But it's really good old school look behind the scenes and Arnold, Franco, Platts, all that kind of stuff. And I love that stuff. I just love that stuff. There was nobody gyrating their hips and flicking their fingers at the audience, you know, like they're freaking male strippers. It just wasn't <laughs> like that. They were exuding respect and, you know. Yeah. It was just good stuff. But, yeah, short of your solar panels or a Flintstone type of TV made out of a rock, I'm not going <laughs> to be enjoying the yeah. pumping iron stuff. We're going to have to fashion. I'll see, I'm going to have to fashion my own belt out of, like, pine or something. I don't know. I'll have to think of that. Yeah, but. tie a big knot out of some kind of a fibrous tree bark around your waist. Yeah, exactly, some knee wraps. We're creating a nice picture here. <laughs> if anybody's an artist, <laughs> draw a picture of this. <laughs> exactly, our own little civilization. Here. Put it on the listener forum. Uh, in fact, yeah, just another reminder, you know, that's a good constructive um, topic. If you do get on our Facebook page, uh, the Iron Radio listeners page, give your top five. I bet you guys come up with some lot better stuff than we have. <laughs> I like I said, this was a struggle for me. Because, uh, yeah. again, yeah, you're trying to think about stuff like, what can I not live without uh, yeah. that's not going to already be on that island, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I think, you know, my cow and my wife want it. That's, I got renewable resources. I'm good to go. Yeah. But. No, that was good. The renewable stuff was good. And you know what, too? <laughs> uh, relying on the spouse is huge for... Oh. Many things. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not just procreation like you're talking, but yeah, they, they uh, they're the glue that holds it together. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean I think you know it's doable. We could. Uh, I think the rest of the stuff we could fashion. We could make a. I mean, you got to expect we have years on this thing. So you know, making a bench. You know, I could probably even get away with not bringing the power rack. And you know, I don't know. Maybe we got bamboo or something, and we can fashion one. That's but, right. It all comes down to yeah, how many resources are actually there, I guess. Go hunting Moby Dick in our little raft. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be some physical exertion. Wrestle with the yeah, great exactly. white whale. All right. Well, at least that's something fun to think about, everybody. And you know what? It does make you think about your priorities a little bit. You know, And yeah, again, it depends on how broadly you define this. If it, is it just for your powerlifting or your bodybuilding, or is it more like... Uh, you know, quality of life in general. I just didn't want to make it too much like a Survivor show. I've been watching a lot of that yeah. stuff lately, but uh, it does make you think about it. <clears throat> For sure. And just give a shout-out. We've got some good guests coming up in the future. Um, just next week, we've got Matt Vincent, um, <clears throat> who just came out with a great book. He's also the, the newest Highland Games world champion. He just got back from Scotland last weekend. So... Um, and then following that up, we've got Windler coming on, and then you've got who's after yeah, that? Yeah, Dan uh, Ogborn. He's he's going to talk about uh, some of his very very new research on maximizing eccentric training. 
Um, some of the stuff would really surprise me, like the speed of the eccentric or the lowering movement. Um, I guess it uh, got a real impact on the hypertrophy and the strength gains and how it transfers in different ways. And so uh, that'll be more of a science type show. So that'll be a good mix. We can get some athletes. Yeah. We can get Wendler, who's an athlete and sort of an industry uh, expert and personality. That'll be fun. Then we'll swing to some science. Um, I've got a line out to Dave Tate again too because it's been a little while. It's been more than a year since we had him on, so yeah. just waiting for him back and line up some others. I've got a few other lines out there. Just waiting for replies now. So got some good ones coming up though. Yeah, I'm actually going to reach out to an old friend of mine too, who uh, he works at a really high end supplement company. Everybody knows this company. Um, and he was a professor like me, and he sort of went to the dark side. He works in, just in the industry now in the supplement world. Um, but I think he's going to be a real good one. I'll try to get him on probably in October because we're stretching into October already now. So, yeah. I mean, with our list. So, All right, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time, it was a good show. Pick out your five things and post them up on the uh, page. Right on. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the -the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount. However, obviously I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place. That's modern literature instead of what a, perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet, 
or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.